hello and welcome to this Thursday edition of QUT News, Views and Spews. I'm in the Spews room and with me today we have... I'm Graham Cairns. And I'm Zachary Nash. Graham, um, let, let us start off with um, something that is close to all of our hearts. Indeed it is. Strawberry feels forever. Strawberries, wonderful things. Yeah, and can't get enough of them. The thing about the strawberry fields is that they may not be forever, um, because if you lose your strawberry crops, um, you know, because you've got to plough them in the ground because some idiot thinks it's a really good idea to put um, sewing needles in them. And Woolworths thinks that the appropriate response to that is banning the sale of sewing needles (laughs) instead of banning the existence of idiots, Um, then you have a problem with a glut of strawberries and farmers who are already struggling um, in a wealth of of pain. What do you make of this, Zach? I think it's stupid for Woolworths to be doing that. It's not going to solve the problem. What politicians are saying is cut them up, don't cut them out. But this is a completely different thing. Yeah. Where sewing needles, you know, these people aren't going to Woolworths and buying their sewing needles. They're just grabbing them from other places. Well, I think their argument might be that that is what's happening because by now, even if the initial sabotage was aimed at a specific strawberry grower, now it is just copycats, it's just idiots, nut jobs. Yeah, but and they may well be buying. But if it's not sewing needles oh, from Woolworths, it will be something else. It's yeah. not lo- as though there's a shortage of, I don't know, toenail clippings. <laughs> Frankly, I would think I'd rather have a sewing needle than a there is toenail that point. clipping. But there is now a... I've probably just put an idea, and if yeah. there's a, t- a toenail clipping in strawberries, they're going to be coming after me. <laughs> they'll, they'll blame you. They'll blame you. But um, uh, A pretty the... thing. A nice thing. Yes. We have come up with some other ways of dealing with strawberries, though, which I think is interesting. And one of them is a very Queensland way of approaching things. Uh, the strawberry what's... Sunday. The strawberry Sunday at the Ecker. Yeah. Everybody loves Everybody the strawberry Sunday. Everybody knows. Now, surely, surely, Zach, you know about the strawberry Sunday at the Ecker. No, I don't oh, actually. Oh, my God, the young kids today. <laughs> oh, children today, oh, I don't, I don't know, know about don't them. Know. <laughs> the hole in the septic tank or wherever I used to live. Like, the Prince Charles Hospital Foundation has, for as long as I can remember, and that is a very, very long time, Zach, um, made the best strawberry Sundays at the Ecker. Well known for mm. it. Um, And not only that, it raises a huge amount of money for the Prince Charles Hospital Foundation and medical research. So from next week, we're going to have pop-up strawberry sundae stores in the mall Mm -hmm. where you can buy the strawberry sundaes. They're actually going to pay market value for the strawberries. I mean, proper market value, not today's market value, which is we can't even give them away market value. Mm. They're going to buy the strawberries and then sell the Sundays at normal Sunday rates, and the money goes to medical research. Win, win, and I get a strawberry Sunday. Triple win. That's the most important point. There is get... icing on this cake or something. <laughs> and that, I think, would be a more productive way. I did hear somebody suggesting strawberry daiquiris. I, I could go for a bit of that. We could have a daiquiri store. That'd well, be all yeah, right. I, th- I think a daiquiri store would be good, but you'd not only sell strawberries, you'd also make daiquiris with, with nuts like hickory, although you'd be a very specialist market. You could only sell them to doctors. The hickory daiquiri dog? Oh, great. <laughs> Sorry. You are, such a, you are such a dad. I know. That you joke's are such a shocking 
Shocking dad. Talking no, of I mean, research. No, 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 yeah. no, no. No, I have to finish on the on the daiquiri mm-hmm. point. The thing about daiquiris is you blend them. So it's even better than cutting them up because if you stick them in a blender, you're going to hear if there's something mm. in there, aren't you? And you don't have to go to the the, bo- the bother. The and chopping. then I can say, I am I, I don't have a problem with alcohol. I'm just... I'm yeah. supporting the strawberry supporting farmers. farmers. That sounds, then, sounds fine to me. Yeah, another win. Um, mm-hmm. But... Zach, you've been working on a really nice feel-good medical research and um, topic today that will be on QUT television news. Tell us what that's about. Yeah, so Hoover, the 10-year-old beagle, um, has been diagnosed with prostate cancer recently, uh, which is really sad. He's such a fluffy and friendly dog. It was a a feel-good story. (laughs) Why are you telling me about sick dogs? Sad, sad. There is hope. There is hope. So... At the University of Queensland, they're trialling a new type of nanotechnology which could uh, treat the cancer. And so they're moving away from trials that are being done on uh, lab rats and doing it um, in dogs and cats now because uh, dogs are actually the only species apart from humans that can naturally develop prostate cancer. Mm. So it's a more ethical way uh, to treat the cancer and they're hoping that within a few years they'll be able to move these to human trials. So help help cure mm-hmm. cancer in dogs and help cure cancer in humans. This is a, a beagle, you say? Yeah, yeah. Good. Glad it's yeah. not a Labrador, because you're know, doing lab rats to Labradors. <laughs> no, never mind. Graham, <laughs> you will be banned. You're not coming back tomorrow. Oh, hang on, you're not working tomorrow. No, I'm not working tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is um, one of two animal research stories. Mm. Not lab rats, but let's have a listen. One day I was crossing the road and a toad came up to me He said, hey Isaac Hadney, you gotta try being me Cause when you're a toad, when you're a toad, it feels so good your brain will explode When you're a toad, it feels so good your brain will explode Okay, thank you Isaac Adney, I... I could not have gone through the week without hearing from you. That is a, a, a really sophisticated rhyme, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, though, the, the thing about toads is... There's your earworm. This is... What could possibly go wrong? Of course, cane toads in Australia were introduced as part of a biological control mechanism. And uh, didn't to, that go well that, for us? That went really well. No, no. So what they're trying now is they're considering introducing viruses to target the cane toads. Mm-hmm. Now, what could go wrong with this process? Oh, yeah, nothing at all. We can't see a single thing. I mean, at least we do have better biosecurity regulations mm. than we probably once did. The only positive is that short of a cricket bat or a golf club or crossing the road, there doesn't seem to be any natural predators to cane to toads. No. Um, I do know, as I said, my brother and father were quite good at practicing their golf swings on them. That's apparently not favoured as no, a, a no. control measure. The, the, not to be a, encouraged. A plastic bag and in the freezer. In the freezer. Yeah. yeah. Well actually in the in the esky with ice first to you th- to, to make them go sleepy, then in the freezer. But preferably not the same freezer that you use for your you know, meat Sunday and fish roast. and Sunday roast. All those frozen strawberries <laughs> for the daiquiri. Or, 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 or for that matter, your rabbits. Which reminds me, because oh. the, the principle behind this is... And no, this is not a pun. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I do have a really bad joke about myxomatosis, but I'm not going to tell it. But... Uh, the, the principle behind this is that they have to test the viruses, of course, to make sure that they don't impact on 
native frogs and newts and other such things, but they are hoping that it will be as effective as the myxomatosis and later the Khaleesi virus was on Australia's rabbits. The interesting point about both of those, of course, is that myxomatosis did do a marvellous job in reducing the number of rabbits in Australia, but it didn't eradicate them as a pest, so much so that they came back and had to have and a was, second shot at it with the Khaleesi virus. And even better too. Yep, yeah, they and come back stronger and higher and faster like Olympic toads, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. oh man. And then Morris Gleitzman gets to write another book about toad rage. Um, look, yeah, where could possibly go wrong? We've got to do something though, don't we? I mean... We do, or we just have to learn to deal with the fact that we've got toads and they're going to kill native animals and in the great scheme of things, toads are toads are toads, I suppose. That is so deep. Uh, Yeah, look, toads are horrible, beastly things and let's just hope that it does what it's intended to do Mm -hmm. with no unintended consequences. Now, there's always a lot of... Um, debate about World World Cup venues Mm -hmm. and whether or not the decisions are made properly, without due influence, whether or not the venues are going to be ready, whether the crowds are going to come, whether the ticket sales have been enough. But the World Cup in Japan has an additional problem that I hadn't foreseen, and that is tattoos. Uh, Yes. Tattoos not considered a good thing in Japan because they are traditionally a sign of the Yakuza, the the, uh, organised crime. Mm. There are an increasing number of Japanese and of foreigners in Japan who have tattoos, but uh, my understanding is that... Uh, you've got visible tats. You're not going to be particularly encouraged to attend at the World Cup venues. And that includes the players. And that's all of them. Let's mm. be honest. There, are, there does not seem to be a sports player that doesn't have, well, it's particularly in the football codes, at least a sleeve. Mm. Yeah, mm. At least the, the, the whole sleeve. And often it seems to be the face. What do you make of this, Zach? Yeah. I think it's a pretty stupid idea. We claim to be this global, inclusive society. You know, it's 2018, we accept everyone as they are, and here we are banning the sports, potentially banning the sports people and punters who are going to these because they've got a sleeve tattoo. The Yakuza isn't the same as it used to be, and I don't think that because someone has a tattoo, they're going to be affiliated. Um, is, is covering it up in the same way that if you went into a temple you would respect their culture and, you know, put on a headscarf or wear appropriate clothing. You don't think that wearing a rashi is an okay compromise? I think sports sports venues are a little different to temples. I wouldn't consider the venues that are being used there to be sacred places, so I don't think it's... You're clearly not a football follower. <laughs> no. <laughs> clearly, you've just added yourself. <laughs> no, not really a sports follower. No, not myself either. Oh, it, look, I, I think you're right, though, Susan. There is a certain amount of uh, cultural awareness that we need here uh, but do we go to an international sporting event and abide only by the rules of our the host country. country or only of our own country or what what it's a balancing act and I don't know that um, this is as you say it's not something that I would have expected I'm not sure how I feel about it well, the, well, o- the fact that I don't have a tat makes it easy for me yeah I, d- I think everyone in this room is uh, is probably okay because apart from anything else, I don't follow rugby, nor am I going to. But I do, honestly, I don't understand the full body tats. I don't understand them because I'm someone who likes to change my accessories 
with everything that I'm wearing. I will have a different necklace on every day. And the and the 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 idea of having to have the same piece of art on my body for the rest of my life is frankly not a thing. I should move to Japan. Uh, I, I think the reason that I haven't got a tad is much simpler than that. Pain? They hurt. Mm. Mm. And I'm a wooz. Yeah, you big girl. Yeah. Um, uh, that's culturally in, uh, inappropriate too. Isn't it? <laughs> Talk, talking of culture with a capital culture. K, okay. the Chanel Theatre, not going away, or at least it might be, but... There are those who don't want it to. Yeah, look, um, I have a, a very fond place in my heart for the Chanel Theatre. My son has been performing there since he was five in, in fame concerts, um, and including one tonight. Um, so I was just a little bit saddened to hear that um, that the fame theatre, the, the, the fame, the <laughs> Chanel Theatre, Maybe going, but let's be honest. This is because University of Queensland is redeveloping their site, and they have better uses apparently for that theatre. It is falling down. Mm. It is. I have seen performers on stage slipping when the you know the the afternoon storm comes in mm -hmm. in Queensland. You can hear the rain. You can barely hear the performers, and then the roof starts leaking, and there's puddles all over the the stage, and we have dancers going head over foot and that's not just the bad ones mm. that's actually the, the, the good ones and people mopping up so yeah I understand but it is also about one of the only venues that community theatres can use that has an orchestra pit and that is affordable and accessible and it has certified by me the best pizza restaurant in Brisbane and that that's not a thing Zach <laughs> um, as a student, how do you feel about universities changing things on you like that? It can be difficult. There's often not a whole lot of notice there and there's not a whole lot of say that you get into in it. It just sort of happens. I think that community theatres like that are actually really good because it's a place I can go, I can park my car without having to you know, spend $40 or mm -hmm. catch the train and otherwise you've got to go into the city or somewhere like that. And they pay nice art house movies at the Chanel too. It's not just the Hollywood blockbusters mm. um, as well. So there's a petition that everyone from the Premier down is supporting, but in the end it's at the whim of what the UQ bosses um, yeah. think. The, about 5,000 signatures as of lunchtime today at that uh, petition. The interesting thing is that the university is saying, look, we will come up with another space for performing artists. We're not just going to do away with it. We will come up with another one, but they haven't as yet. And nor is it in the plan of what's going to go on that space, that space. because you could easily, um, as they've done with other buildings, build on, on top of it. Um, that could totally be a thing, and, and it will be sad. I've calculated that I've heard the song Fame sung there um, three times, 45 times, uh -huh. and, and, you know, it will be in my head because at every opening and closing clubs for however many years plus, man, it's a great song though. Ah, uh, but do you remember your name? Um, and look, on the closing thing on, um, on the subject of audiences, I've been taking one, two or 74 Brisbane Festival shows this year. Yes. And there's been some absolutely extraordinary things and some extraordinarily awful audience behaviour. You should be ashamed, people. I don't... Uh, 
yeah, I'm a reviewer, so I don't pay for my tickets. But I'll tell you what, if I'd paid sixty, seventy dollars for a ticket to have people just talk and laugh through the whole thing, I probably would have got up and hit them because yeah. I'm rude. Uh, look, I have to say, I have a suspicion that the rise of Netflix of streaming video in our homes has changed our way of dealing with performances because so few of us go out regularly to live performances but we are used to being able to hit the stop button rewind if you miss something just go back and watch it again i think that oh we're 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 becoming much more used to being able to treat the performance as something that is being delivered to us rather than something that we are observing. That and the fact that we're just rude. I think that it's a, a patience thing. You know, our generation is so used to getting everything handed to us and having things straight away that when we actually go, I don't think we appreciate the performances that are happening there. We treat it more as a social outing with our friends and don't really respect what's going on around us. I, you know, I just think that there is a bar outside and if you want to have a loud conversation and have a drink... Well, that's fine, but but you don't need to pay seventy dollars <laughs> and um, you know be completely disrespectful to the artist on stage and indeed everyone else who who was in there. Mm. Just you know the Susan Heatherington rule of etiquette. I shall write it out and 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 hand out flyers on the way in. Yeah, sit down, shut up, let me enjoy. Yeah, and if you're tall, please sit behind me. <laughs> that too, that too. Yeah, because it's all about me. <laughs> but let's be honest. All right, um, any closing comments? No, I haven't been to any of the festival events yet. Uh, I'm told that I should. I'm told there are some spectacular ones. But yeah, life keeps getting in the way. Tut. Back. Yeah. Well, got to keep the Instagram followers happy, so I'll have to get out there. Yeah, snap that, a that's few it. Snap a few things. Just don't make any noise while you're doing it, or, <laughs> or an old lady with a big stick will come and beat you. No Facebook lives. Yeah, no yeah. Facebook lives. All right, that's our spewing for today. Thank you, Graham Cans. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Zachary Nash. Thank you for having me. And I'm Susan Hetherington. We'll be spewing again tomorrow. <laughs>